Everyone has mental health. And just like physical health, sometimes it is great and sometimes it's not. Every day on your commute, in the office, out with friends, you and those around you are facing challenges. And marketers can feel this more than many others. People in this industry are twice as likely to have depression than the rest of the population. So we need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. I got to this point in my life where I realised... Something that you think about your whole life. I want to be happy. This is me a little bit. And and I deserve to be happy, no matter what my life looks like. I'm starting to think about ideas more clearly. Yeah, these feelings... And while it can be confronting... I already know how to be happy. The turning point. I really want to feel good about the future. Deserve to be happy. Taking the steps. And I'm excited for what comes next. From Facebook, this is a very special episode of Face to Face. I'm Jules Lunn, and today I'm handing over to our guest host, Facebook's Catherine Bow. She's here to share her own story and help us understand how we can take control of our own mental well-being. Work has an impact on our whole life. It can make us feel we don't have energy for our most important relationships. It affects the way we manage our priorities and how well we solve problems. In this episode, you'll hear from experts who know what it's like to be falling apart and to face a challenge head on and succeed. First, Mitch Wallace. He shared his story as part of Mentally Healthy Work, an event hosted by Unlimited. They're a social purpose organisation that connects the media, marketing and creative industries to help children and young people at risk. People would inbox me all the time, like, you've made it, you've done it. And I'm like, if only you knew. If only you knew what it was really like inside my brain. At 26, Mitch seemed to have it all figured out. He was the global product marketing manager for Microsoft Surface, living it up in Seattle. But it wasn't what it seemed. I don't know why I just picked up my computer to do this, but the feelings that I've felt over the last 26 years... I wouldn't wish them on my worst enemy. I've been through the fire. (laughs) I've been right into the deep belly. The worst place in the world. And I never want anyone, ever, ever, to have to feel this. You have no idea, no idea what people go through. And I will devote every second of my life if I get through this to making sure that no one has to go through this again. Like many of us, the person he was on the outside didn't always match up with what was going on on the inside. That's the real story. And it wasn't like my other life was a lie. It was true. It just was far from the whole picture. And when that was happening, I looked like this on the outside, the juxtaposition of this strong, confident man rocking up to work every day was feeling that every single day behind closed doors. Mitch believes in the power of opening up. He says sharing your story can change the way we all talk about mental health. And that's what he did. I flew back to Australia, quit my job at Microsoft, threw it all in, had nothing left, literally nothing. I'm here at my parents' place. And so I thought, well, all I have is my story. So I went down to Balmoral Beach, got a camera, and I told my story. And at the end of it, I drew a heart on my arm and I said, I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve so that other people feel less alone. And if you feel this too, do it. 
That video reached half a million people in a week, and within a month, a global movement started called Heart on My Sleeve. It's time that I and we as a generation stand up and let people say, I am broken, and that's okay. The way Mitch felt at work is really common. Marketers know it as well as anyone. Instead of letting it overwhelm us, we need to speak up. We should feel empowered to be mentally healthy and great marketers. We want employees to realise that their career and their mental health aren't mutually exclusive. You can build two at once. Most of us will understand how it feels to be overwhelmed. Your team's been working on a project. You've been doing long hours to get it all done and now you're burnt out with stress levels through the roof. And when the rest of the team seems fine, it can be pretty hard to speak up and say you're not coping. It might feel like you should be able to push through. But it's more important than ever to make space for emotional openness, to be kind to ourselves and actively manage our inner critics. Sharing my story at the Unlimited event was how I wanted to open that dialogue. 29 years ago today, on the 5th of March, 1990, my father committed suicide. (sighs) To say the world I knew crumbled is an understatement. There was, and there still is, a huge stigma around suicide. I was eight years old. My family dealt with it by not talking about what had happened. I learned to bottle it up and pretend everything was fine. And I was really good at it. I learned not to cry, not to allow myself to be vulnerable, and not to participate. I thought I was unworthy. That is, until I started to open up. Resilience is about the choices we make. The insight and confidence people gain when dealing with trauma is critical to their recovery and making them stronger than they were before. Opening up is a crucial part of this. You need to be open. You need people who support you, understand you and believe in you. I wish my father had opened up to the support around him. It is so important that we learn to manage mental health and be aware of ourselves as well as our friends and our colleagues. Through therapy, which is one of the most life-changing actions I have ever made, I unlearned some of these protective behaviours and found the courage to actually show up, to be vulnerable, to say I was not okay and to allow people to truly see me to know that I was worthy. I discovered that every time you take charge of your wellness, you make it easier for someone else to do the same. We need to empower people going through it to find their voice, volunteer their story, put their hand up and say, I need help. It's up to the individual to make that difference. That's Josh Wiseman from mental health organisation Batir. He says we can all make real changes to make sure everyone can feel good at work starting with ourselves. We actually call our sick leave well-being leave, and it can be taken preventatively. We have it transparent within the organisation to make it okay to not be okay, so that people are less likely to hide what they're going through and more confident to be open. Whether you're in an office, working flexibly, or a freelancer, you can be a role model for mentally healthy culture. 
lead by example and take the mental wellness of others seriously. We all have the power to take charge of our mental well-being. Hi, I'm Sean Hall. I am the founder and chief energist of Energy X, which is a well-being and performance company. Sean Hall knows what it means to take charge. He inspires people to work at their energised best, to be collectively more productive and creative. Sean's story starts in the most innocuous of places, a department store. Back in 2011, I was head of brand strategy and marketing at Telstra. It was a really amazing time in my career too. Like, I'm still very grateful for that time in my career. But one day, I found myself in the fancy accessories section of the men's department at David Jones in there, and that was a bit unusual for me for a couple of reasons. And the, f- the first was I, I just don't buy $1,000 man bags, you know. And the other reason it was unusual that day is I had no idea how I got there. Um, and I just, thinking back, I could think if another customer had seen me that day, they might have thought I looked a bit dazed and confused, but I was feeling all sorts of crazy on the inside. Well, I just remember how I felt, which was sort of stuck between fight and flight. My you know, my heart, my body was shaking, my mind was racing, and I just really knew I needed to change a few things. After that event, Sean says he found it hard to find resources that would empower him. Everything he read seemed to focus on the more clinical side, but he was looking for a way to take charge of his own mental well-being. When I was, I guess, looking for resources to help me, I found that men's mental health really focused on the extremes that I didn't feel that I had any of those. And so I've come to describe what I went through as an energy crisis because I just literally had no gas left in the tank. I was running on empty, but it really led me to go, okay, how do I look after myself better? The thing is that creativity is really hard. It's hard to be creative when we're tired, when we're stressed, when we're depleted. And therefore, what we're seeing in the industry is chronic levels of stress, chronic levels of depletion. People are experiencing higher rates of symptoms of depression and anxiety. Ultimately, I think this is about looking at a way in which we look after ourselves to increase our creative capacity as well. So we've all got a sense of personal responsibility, I guess, to look after ourselves. We're all so busy and work stress can be so ingrained in us. We need to prioritise ourselves. So what are some of the basics we can check off every day? The basics are really basic. Sleep, for instance. If you ask any professional, they'll say sleep disturbance is one of the first warning signs of vulnerability to mental health issues. There's this whole fallacy, I guess, that people can operate on that short quantity of sleep. You know, And all the, all the research shows that it's not possible actually... The research that I've seen, for instance, says that if we've been awake for 19 hours, so just had five hours sleep, that's the same level of cognitive impairment as being double the legal blood alcohol limit. Sean says treating our bodies well is part of taking back control of our mental health. The other thing that I start people on is not nutrition, not exercise, be hydrated as well because our bodies are about 70% water, our brain is about 80% water, and so just a small amount of dehydration is also going to impact our cognitive abilities and our functioning. There are also things that you have the most influence over. So if everything in your life feels out of control, you can still influence or take control of the time that you go to bed and how much water you drink. Sometimes the challenge comes from within. According to Sean, our brains are hardwired with a negativity bias, and research shows women are harder on themselves 
than anyone. Our brains are like magnets for the negative and they're like Teflon for the positive. Being able to practice things like mindfulness or gratitude that allow that stickiness around the more positive stuff as well, I think has a big impact on our overall well-being because really what we're talking about is our relationship with ourself. It's our self-talk, right? Totally. It's, it's, our, it's our inner critic, which is constant. So how can you manage that inner critic, that negativity bias? Here are Sean's top four things you can do to quiet that voice that tells us we can't. First up, move. The first is really to disrupt their physiology because the worst thing you can do is sit in that feeling. So literally get up, move, do some press-ups, whatever that might be, but disrupt actually your physical state. The second thing, breathe. The second one is a breathing technique called heart breathing, which is breathing in, visualising that you're breathing into your heart for five and exhaling out through your heart for five. The breath is like so central to dealing with all of this. The third tip, focus on gratitude. One of the most powerful things that we've got to disrupt overwhelm is actually by practicing gratitude because when we do that, literally in that moment, we're reliving a little moment of joy. So it's impossible for our brain to feel all these negative emotions when we do that. And finally, be present. Also, we're always in transition through the day. So you might be getting off the bus and walking to work. And instead of being mindless by being in your device, it actually means putting that away and really bringing back and noticing the details around you. And again, that'll instantly make you present. As a marketer, I recognise the challenge of managing inner negativity and burnout. In my career, there have been times when I've been loving my job, but not felt safe to be vulnerable, to be myself. Managing my own priorities, my time and my stress is something I need to keep at the forefront of my mind. We need to help people build their personal capability, their personal responsibility. We've never been taught how to be well. One of the light mold moments that I had was really a conversation with a friend tour, I call him, a guy called Kamal Sama. And we had a cup of tea one day and he just said to me, Sean, have you thought about managing your energy and not your time? And that really exploded in my head because it's so simple. What I realized is that ultimately things are going to be energizing or depleting. And if you can work out the things that are energizing and important and identify all the details that make up that thing, right? Is it the people you're working with? Is it the strengths you're using? Is it the impact that you're having? Or is it the context, essentially? Like, did you have a great night's sleep or go for a run that day? Once you're aware of all those little details, you literally can create a recipe to have more of that. So, it's all about balance. Finding energy through nourishing ourselves with what our body needs, remembering to focus on joy and keep things in perspective, practising mindfulness and awareness, and being fully present to experience what we might have forgotten we love about our creative industry. The hope in all of this is that we have the skills to solve this, right? Because it's what we do every day. We're just going to look at ourselves as a brief, you know, and really harness that, our own creative energy to look after ourselves better. And I just think, like, if we could do that as an industry, then we would be so much more powerfully equipped to help other industries do the same thing as well, because we're not really alone in dealing with these issues. We are taking steps to fighting the stigmas around mental health and creating a culture where we can all bring our full selves to work every day. Together, we're committed to building a stronger, healthier, more connected community. Hope is something good can happen. Confidence is I know it can happen to me. 
I know things can get better. Very special thanks to Catherine Bowe, Industry Marketing Lead for ANZ at Facebook, for bravely opening up this conversation today. Thanks as well to Sean Hall, founder of Energex, Mitch Wallace, founder of Heart on My Sleeve, and Josh Wiseman, the School Program Manager at Batia. Now, if you or someone you care about needs support, services are available. In Australia, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 22 46 36. If you're outside Australia, please check the show notes for websites that can help. If you're in an emergency or at immediate risk of harm to yourself or others, please call 000 in Australia or emergency services in your country. I'm Jules Lund and this is Face to Face from Facebook.